so I always ask in these conversations, uh, what, like, A, what is a joke in your theoretical opinion? A, what is a joke? And then B, after if you can figure out A, B, how do you write? I think of jokes really like musically, you know? Like I have to like how it sounds, you know? Yeah, for two reasons. Number one, that's the only way I can actually remember a joke is if I have a musicality to it, you know? Huh. It goes this way, you know? And I like the way that my voice sounds when I'm doing it, you know? Okay. And the other one is, you know, obviously, uh, it's more enjoyable to say it that way, you know? Like if you, if you, if you find a musicality to it. So like, a joke is any sort of, um, like, it's, it's like people following you on a track and then the joke is them stumbling, you know? Does that make sense? Okay. Like, a joke is getting like tripped up in a linear thought pattern. I know that's like real abstract or whatever, but like, I don't think a joke has to be, you know, bada boom, bada boom, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're making little jokes. You obviously have to have the, like the ultimate payoff, but you're making little jokes, just making them trip up, um, which makes them, their brain backfire in a way, you know? Yes. Uh, and what was the second part? And then, uh, how do you write? How do I write a joke? Yeah. Is, um. So you must be very, like, kind of mentally simulation. Are you picturing how you're saying it in your head as you're writing it? Yeah, I think I think like a performer mm -hmm. instead of a writer, you know? So I'm thinking about how I'm presenting myself and how people are receiving how I'm presenting myself. And what's that? what is that relationship, you know? So like when I write, this may not be as true recently, but when I first kind of figured out how I write jokes, right? It would be like, okay, what's your initial instinct on writing a joke, right? Uh, whatever catchy thing hit your head, you know? And then how can I deconstruct what I just said, right? Like, if I can make fun of the thing that I initially thought was good, right, then I already have another layer to the joke, right? Hmm. Which is, um, I'm running into a wall right now with that because, like, of, I guess, the aspect of irony that's, like, in the bones of that, you know, uh, approach right mm -hmm. of like i'm constantly making fun of myself for even thinking that that would have been a thing worthy to take on stage you know right, right. so i'm in like this weird irony loop right now not that i want to like straight up come out and do you know more genuine almost mike burbiglia comedy or something like that there's a diminishing return on that you know where people aren't connected to the material as much as they should you know Mm -hmm. But initially, what got me focused on how I write a joke is that, like, make fun of yourself. Make fun of yourself, you know? Don't take yourself seriously, and the more you don't, the more the audience won't. There's a saying in psychology, or, uh, like, hypnotism, where hypnotists say that if you want a person to go into a state, you have to go first. 
Sure. They, they always say, go first. That's like a thing in hypnotism. Go first. And then... Okay. So I always equate that to stand-up. I, that's why I feel like like being crazy, like legitimately like nutso, is such mm-hmm. a huge advantage in stand-up. Right, yeah. And, um, there's just like like maniacs like you know like a guy like cat williams you know he's not mm-hmm. he's not second guessing a lot of things sure yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's just firing with both barrels and people think it's fucking hilarious so a joke like uh um i'm celebrating my daughter's fourth abort day right Fuck I, I, I literally wrote that right brushing my teeth really yeah just like that's that's the that's the hook that you in the music like, like that's the music part you know and did the and tag come with it I asked I asked my roommate immediately as I was brushing my teeth I was like have you ever heard someone say abort day that is like invent that word you know <laughs> and maybe maybe someone said it I don't know right mm-hmm. but if I were to say I'm celebrating my son's abort day that's not as funny as me rhyming fourth and abort day right Correct. which is almost like a musical hook right okay uh and then what i proceeded to do was be like okay now how do i put a ribbon on that joke because that does not feel fulfilled right mm-hmm. you know uh if i were saying it's a big night guys i'm celebrating my son's fourth abort day right that right. doesn't feel complete so what i need is the ribbon on the end where i take the two disparaging ideas birthdays and abortions right yes. and i say uh, every year I celebrate by blowing out a candle, right? And that puts both in there. Yes, I'm just, just in the last, like, six months have I been queuing into that. Right. What Ari Shafir called it the second level. He's like, yeah, he's like, you got a nice one story, but it's like, where's the second level? And right. so it's like, you, you got this great joke here, but where's the, where's the next thing? But it's also being careful of not popping out to what you feel is complete you know mm-hmm. so like you may write a joke and there may be another minute yes that, that you could eventually get to but because you feel like you've hit that punchline, you feel like it's over you know um and with that joke i haven't like expanded too far but like some of my favorite jokes is not being satisfied with it being with it ending you know but also the kind of jokes that I really like are, I don't know where I heard this term, but it's like perfect. It's uh, accordion jokes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were to tell the joke, it would be fine, right? However, if you get a really good reaction from it, you can stretch it out another minute, minute and a half, you know? So like uh, like my like gay chicken bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I can say, uh, you guys ever played gay chicken? You have to. Uh, if you haven't, gay chicken's this game where you fuck a chicken, but it's gotta be gay, right? Uh-huh. And if I know that they did, if they liked that, they'll like the extra two minutes that I have on that joke, you know, <laughs> where I talk about everybody coming up to me with their objections about the joke. And so but in the moment you didn't make like that it, call, I'll make that call. If they didn't like it, I can just leave it at that, you know? Because they probably won't like that type of joke. It's a different type of joke what I'm expanding to, you know? Mm -hmm. But if they didn't like that general territory, you know, 
it's going to feel, it's going to be, it's really come from negative feedback, you know, of me feeling as uncomfortable as they are, you know? Right. Um, but that's, that's, that's fun. It's like you have an end to a joke and then the rest of the joke starts at that end. You know what I mean? When it comes with experience where I had said like, I still, a lot of my Ram and my fucking brain is fucking bogged down and like, let's make sure we say it right. You know, yeah. do this microphone, check, 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 check. And, I'm mm-hmm. bo- and once you get automated, it frees up that hard drive space. Where you can right. start thinking like, oh, they hated that joke. Like, let me right. skip this next part and go here. Whereas a newer comic's just like, like you didn't like three. Well, here comes four. Right, right. But also not planning up in the sense that, like, trusting your instincts. You know, yes, you're right. That is a very, you know, I guess you might say like third level or something. You know, approach to it of of um knowing when to stop and when to keep going you know mm-hmm. but not when you're trying out jokes not being deterred if they don't like the first part you know yes um it's just yeah it's, it's just experience and honestly that's the beautiful thing about stand-up is if something's not working you know you know you feel as uncomfortable as they are. Mm-hmm. So once you feel that cringely, cringy, like uncomfortability, that's the thing you need to fix. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a it's a really it's a really difficult game with easy rules. You know what I mean? Yeah. The rules are easy to find. If you if something's not working, it needs to be changed. And they have a saying in poker that reminds me of stand-up where they say it's a, it's a hard way to make an easy living. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, that was an interesting theory on that shit. So then we, I, we've been going for a long time, so I won't keep you all night. The, uh, I always end by asking, what, what do you love about stand-up? You know, obviously we're quarantined up, so there's not much to love currently, but mm-hmm. as we were finishing up, you know, February going into March, like what made it worth it? Why stand up? Why didn't you, why don't you quit? What keeps you going? What do you love? I think stand up at its best. And what drew me to it is that briefly I can be outside of myself, mm-hmm. you know, briefly. I cannot, I don't have to experience the, you know, chaotic clanking of my thoughts in my own head, you know, tied up in, worry and whatever else right yes and i know what people mean when they give me like a compliment or something after a set and it's not the compliment that i care about it's that i was able to let them like relax for a minute you know right like just for them to get outside of their brain for a second you know yes and uh what i strive to keep recreating you know what I mean? Because I mean, I don't know. That's what what good art does is like it sets your your concerns aside for a second. You know, that was a clunky answer, but that's what I like about stand up is is you know. Well, it's the thing that you're good at that athletes call flow state. You know, in the zone. Right. 
So it's like you're not gonna go play basketball and fucking get so deep or maybe you would, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. a hobby, but this is the thing that you do that you're actually capable because not all things are we even, you know, quite capable right. of doing that with. Yeah. So for sure, it's like, it's the Zen moment. That's why tripping is so amazing because it gives mm-hmm. you the taste of that moment kind of elongated. It's, yeah, it's that dissolving of boundaries, you know? Yes. It's like, um, it's, it's slipping and letting someone else take the take the wheel you forget yeah. the ego like you forget right. to you forget to remember mm-hmm. right yeah that feels good for sure mm-hmm. so then i always end this has been a fucking amazing talk and it's for sure gonna have to go out in two parts i fear to even look at the phone to see how long we've been on <laughs> it feels like a long goddamn time so we'll end with the converse the final question i always ask everybody what sucks about stand-up What's the what's the kick in the balls? What sucks about it is is, is how much. Okay, yeah. Here's a here's a here's a good what sucks about it. What sucks about it is watching your favorite thing be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is is watching what you and, and and really just like only getting the same hit that you used to get from it yeah. you know in rare spurts when you watch somebody that is just magnificent at it right. you know um, that is what yeah that's what sucks about it is if, if, if you really really like stand up as a consumer of it that it will sap most all of that out of it that is but true. then you get higher rewards from watching you know people that are really good at it do it but yeah, I watched Norm's Hitler's Dog special again a couple of weeks ago, and I was yeah. fucking crying, laughing. Yeah, like, this is so rare. Most of the time, I'm just like, "Huh, very, very well done," you know. Yeah. But damn, when it when it fucking clicks. Yeah, when it, it, when it clicks, it's 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 the absolute best. And yeah, yeah, like I said, it's like when I when I get back, when we get back to having shows and stuff, I'm going to be as conscious as possible as I can about just appreciating every moment of having a place to go, you know, (laughs) having a place to be (laughs) and people who are like-minded and want the same things, you know? Yes. That's one of my, if I had to pick a thing I love about stand up, that makes it like the, the thing I didn't, I went into it selfishly, but then the thing I didn't expect was like, Oh, I'm actually going to like all my friends are stand ups. Like, mm-hmm. like when I, my wedding got canceled, but when we were gonna do it, the, the lady was like, "So what's the what's the odd you know what's the guest like what's it look like what's the demographic?" And I was like, "Well, Sarah's side is like Chicago waspy Jews, you know." So, <laughs> and then my side is like the bottom half of Denver comedy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's your family, it's, you know. Yeah, if you would have told me six months into comedy, Louis Martinez will be at your wedding, I would have been like, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but then you hang out with a guy fucking five, six, seven nights a week, three different bars, you know, there's something about, I get really bummed out when there's only one mic to do. Because mm-hmm. the, the, there's something just so fulfilling of like, like back in the day on a Wednesday when you'd go to fucking Rising Sun, 
with Tim and you'd get there early and you fucking knock out a set and then you'd leave and you'd go to fucking, you know, whatever, Pride and Swagger. And then after Pride right. and Swagger, you go to Voodoo. And after you go to Voodoo, you go to Streets. And then when you see people for the second, third, and then fourth time, it's just like, what's up? You know, there's yeah. that, that acknowledgement of like, yeah, you're a fucking degenerate too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's it's always weird saying goodbye. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you guys uh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, we did it, Michael Isaacs. That was fucking, hey, man. that was brilliant. I'm well, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for keeping me company on this lonely Tuesday night. That was Good enlightening. Uh, talking about Is jokes it? as music. That's I've had a lot of great fucking takes on joke theory and that's a that's a fresh one only Michael Isaacs would give that one. Oh hell yeah well uh thanks buddy Fuck uh you. hope you're uh staying safe you uh, too man I will see you in the internet and hopefully out in the world here soon alright alright brother have a good one Hi guys Josh Grambo Well that was part two You gotta give it up to the guy He really has a respect for what we do I can't say that I even remember What it's like to do stand-up comedy Since I started two and a half years ago This is by far the longest that I've ever gone So I'm one of the least affected Some of these guys like Michael Isaacs Who are out six, seven nights a week It's freaking unbelievable so respect thank you so much for talking with me thank you so much for listening if you're hearing my voice you made it all the way to the end if you want to check out the show on youtube check out comics with grambo on youtube or audio spotify google podcasts and follow me on social media check out my youtube channel at josh grambo i make a lot of weird shit go check out some of my silly videos Until then, I hope you learned a little bit something about stand-up, and I will see you guys out on the comedy battlegrounds this summer. This show is called Comics with Grambo, and I'm out.